0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Berean Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Berean Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.breanshoreline.org. Good morning. Feels like it's been a long time since I've been here because it has been a long time since I've been here. Last week we were on vacation with our family in Cannon Beach. The week before, we were camping with our Sunday school class, and so it feels like it's been like three weeks, and here I am. And as they're going, I want to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 20. Uh, next week, we're going to be beginning our, as Pastor Kevin mentioned, we're going to be getting our Sunday school uh, classes and our Sunday school series. We're going to be doing... A study through the book of Acts uh, in all of our Sunday school classes, and we'll also be studying Acts during our morning worship services as well, so we'll be starting that up uh, shortly. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open his word this morning. God, as we have just sung, we ask that as we open your word today that you will change our hearts. We ask that you will open us up to hear the things that you have to say to us. Oftentimes it's very easy for us to be entrenched and stuck in the things that we uh, think we know to be true and things that we think to, we know to be right, and, uh, and we want to be changed more into the things that we admire rather than the things that you desire of us. So we ask that as we open your word today that we may be encouraged, that we may be comforted, that we may be challenged, and that we may be changed through the things that you have to say to us through your word. Pray this in your name, Amen. Okay, Uh, we're going to look at a parable this morning in Matthew chapter 20. I was reading through uh, probably about a month ago uh, through Matthew, and I came to this parable, and and for some reason, you know, I don't know if you ever do this, but it's something that you've read a bunch of times before, and and it just causes you to pause in a new way, and so uh, I've been. Reflecting on this and thinking on this parable for a while and I want to share some thoughts with you this morning And uh, so we're just going to dive in to to matthew chapter 20. It's called in my bible It's titled the parable of the workers in the vineyard The title is just something the the translators came up with but it's it's a pretty good one And whenever we read a parable Uh, we have to do a few things because so a parable Uh, for those of you maybe not familiar with with that term is is a story generally uh, Jesus was typically known for for telling parables, and these are stories that have meaning, that have intent. And so there's a story going on. Usually, that's it's, it's it may be true, it may not be true, uh, but they're they're meant to give a picture of what God is like, what God is doing in the world. Sometimes the main character is is a stand-in for God. Sometimes it's it's not. It just it just kind of depends. But the the main idea of the parable is that it's going to give us a, it's a story with meaning, story. Uh, one one author that wrote a book on parables called them stories with intent. That Jesus has a goal when he tells this story. And he wants us to get a picture of what's going on. So as we study parables, it's really important for us to first of all understand what was it that Jesus was trying to convey to his original audience? What was what was the reason that he's telling this parable at this time in this place to these people? So it's important for us to understand who's, who's the audience, what's he saying to them, and then as we, as we begin to understand, only then can we figure out, uh, what is this saying now to us as well and how are we supposed to respond to this, to this story. So we're gonna do that this morning as we work through Matthew chapter 20. We're gonna have a little bit of context for who is Jesus talking to and how would they have heard this and then we're gonna talk about how, how are we meant to hear this today. So let's just begin in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 20. Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Okay, so one of the things that parables do is they give a a snapshot of whatever it is Jesus is talking about. So in Matthew especially, Jesus tells a lot of parables where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And it's important that that when we read this, it's not saying that this is the only thing that the kingdom of heaven is like. But he's giving us one small picture of a whole. And so Jesus will tell different parables that say, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like, here's what it's like. And we're not meant to say, okay, the kingdom of heaven is only like this in this parable here. We're supposed to grab onto the details that, that he's talking about here. And as we look at all the parables together, they give us a larger picture of the whole. So we're really only looking at a small picture of what Jesus is talking about here. But he says this, it's it's like it's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. So the guy who's a farmer, uh, he owns a farm, he goes out and he needs people to work in his vineyard. And so he goes out and he agrees to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. So, who are these people that are that are hanging out? That he goes out and he finds these would have been day laborers. Uh, uh, an owner of a vineyard would probably have uh, servants that that were that lived in his vineyard that, that he took care of. That were some of them may have been slaves, but they would have been people who would have been uh, full time workers for for this for this man. And they would have had a job year-round they would have been they would have been provided for for by this by this owner but this is not the guy these are not the people that our our is hiring today he goes out and he and he goes out and he finds people just to work for the day and he says he says you come and work so it's probably it's harvest time and he's got more work to do than than can be done by the by his usual employees and so he goes out and he hires some more people these are people hanging out these well, you can imagine these are like the guys that are hanging out around Home Depot, right? That are looking for work for the day. And, and because of this nature of their job, there's much less security in what they have, right? You can imagine if you worked for the owner of the vineyard and you had a steady job for him, you'd feel like, okay, we're, we're good to go throughout the year. We can provide for our family. But these are guys that day to day, they don't know if they're going to get work th- for the next day. So these these guys are 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 in, have probably food insecurity. They're they're wondering, am I going to be able to provide for myself for my family today? Um, and so they're hanging out at the marketplace, waiting to get work. Uh, and so he comes along and he says, I'm going to pay you a denarius for the day, and sent them into his vineyard. A denarius, uh, you may have this in your Bible, a little footnote there. My Bible has this that tells us that uh, a denarius was usually the day wage of a day laborer. So basically he says, you come and work for the day and I'll pay you for a day's worth of work, which seems fair, right? This is, um, uh, and there's, there's actually, uh, we have, we have evidence of, of writings around this time that, that this was actually would have probably be considered a a minimum wage. Like if you were going to go and hire somebody, there wasn't any law that said you had to pay this, but it was kind of expected that, that this is what you, if you're going to get somebody to work for you for a day, you got to pay him at least this much. And probably, if you aren't paying that much, they're not going to work for you for the day. And so here he's not—he's not, he's not saying, "Hey, come and work for me, and I'm going to—you know—I'm going to give you millions of dollars." He's like I'm going to pay you the minimum wage for a day's worth of work. And they say, "Yes, okay, great." Um, there's also was a law that said for these day laborers, you had to pay them at the end of the day. It wasn't like, "Hey, come and work for me today." And there might be work for you tomorrow and we'll just kind of see how it goes through the week and I'll pay you at the end of the week. You have to pay them at the end of the day because they have to be able to provide for their family. And there's some evidence that we have of people trying to cheat the day laborers and things like that. But the, the expectation and the law was you hire someone to work for you for the day and then you pay them at the end of the day. So here's the, here's the, the, all of this stuff, Jesus' audience would have just said, okay, yeah, I know, I know that, right? They would have, this would have been the world that they were living in. They would, have said, they would have said, okay, yeah, this is, this is how this works. But for us, we need to understand who these people are and how, how this situation is working. So Jesus says again, Kingdom of Heaven is like this. It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. So the man uh, hires people, and we don't really know why he keeps going back. Maybe it's his, there's a storm coming. He really needs to get all everything picked in his vineyard. It doesn't really tell us. It doesn't really matter. But he goes back. Uh, probably this, this first trip to the marketplace that we read about in the first two verses was probably at 6 a.m. First light of the morning, first hour of the morning, he goes out and finds the people that are waiting there. And then he comes back again three hours later at nine, and and hires more people. And then he goes again three hours later at noon and hires more people. And he goes back three hours later at three and hires more people. And at the end of the workday was probably about six o'clock, and so he goes back at five o'clock with an hour left to go in in the workday, and he says, anybody else here? Like, come on, and I will I will pay you. Uh, sometimes this parable has been interpreted and, and people have read into this parable that the, the guys, especially the guys that are there like at, at 5 o'clock still not working, that they're lazy. And that the reason they haven't been working. But that's not really told to us in the parable. It doesn't say, hey, uh, we, we just didn't want to work and now I guess we will work for an hour. Uh, it just says no one's hired us and and so he said well well come on i'll hire you and and come and work in my in my vineyard and i'll pay you what is right um and so there's a good chance that the reason these guys weren't hired was just cuz nobody wanted to hire them maybe they maybe they uh looked different they uh smelled different you know maybe they were known to not be good workers maybe they had uh social problems in in the community that they were ostracized and they said Whatever it is, we're not really told why, but here you have these people who, uh, maybe they were, maybe they're working somewhere else, uh, some of these people were off somewhere else and, and working on their own farm, and then they need to come and earn a little bit extra money, and so they come at five o'clock. It doesn't really tell us, it just says no one's hired us, and so we're still here, and he says, okay, uh, there's an hour left in the day, come on, and, and let's, let's work. When evening came, verse eight, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So here like, this is like, this is it, right? The, they're pretty excited about this because they've worked for an hour and all of a sudden they are getting a day's, a day's wages worth of work. They're pretty excited about this. I did some math, so if you're thinking about, you know, soon, eventually, uh, $15 an hour minimum wage for 12 hours worth of work, that's $180. And so you imagine these guys come up and they, and they work for an hour and they get $180. How would you feel about that? Pretty good, right? That's, that's pretty good, uh, pretty good hourly rate. And so they're really excited about this. And they, uh, because, because the man is generous right he this this is an act of generosity that this man says, Hey, you have worked uh for for this long and and you're getting this much uh, verse ten says, so when those who came when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but we each one of them also received a denarius so you have the guys that were hired in the last hour and they receive 12 times as much as they, as they worked for, right? And so you have these guys sitting there in the back of the line because they've been working all day and they're, 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 getting paid in reverse order and they're trying to do the math in their head, right? So, 180, I don't know, I didn't do that math, but, uh, it's 12 denariuses, right? That's 12 days worth of, that's, this has gotta be what they're thinking, right? At least, Somewhat more than just the, just the one. Uh, but what we find out is that they also received the denarius. How would you feel if you were these people? You've been working 12 hours a day out in the sun. You know these guys just showed up. I mean, by the time they get hired at 5, they get to the vineyard, they start working, and then it's time to clock out. Maybe they work 45 minutes. And here they're getting as much as you are. How are you feeling at this point? Cheated? Okay. Pretty upset, right? Tired? Tired? Yeah. You're like, okay. What's, and so what's the deal? And so, uh, as, as probably any of us would do, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last." Uh, all kinds of questions, all kinds of th- thoughts that could, that at least arise for me as as I read this parable, and this is why I, I, we're reflecting on this today. Uh, so the man is is obviously very generous to the people who came, especially at five o'clock, right? But he's not really generous to the people who've been working all day, right? Uh, and so and so a lot of times people will will use this parable as as an example of God's grace and his just sort of his his uh, like limitless grace that he bestows on on all people and whether you come at the end of your life or the beginning of your life god is gracious to all of us and that's that is partially true but it's not like i think if if we're going to be giving an example of god's grace in this parable th- the landowner would be giving everybody like thousands of dollars right uh there's there's in fact jesus tells another parable elsewhere where a guy owes like millions of dollars worth of debt and he comes and he says I can't pay give me time and I'll pay it back and instead the man just uh, the the man just cancels all of the debt and says go free that's an example of God's grace uh, here it's i mean it's certainly generous especially for the guys that were working late but but for the, everyone else it's kind of like okay that kind of stinks right <laughs> like um And so the point of this parable is not for us to, to just focus on God's generosity. That's certainly part of it. And we see God's generosity, especially, especially for these people who are hired less. But, but part of what we're, we're meant to focus on is the response. How do these, how do these workers respond and, and invited to see how do I respond to God's generosity for others? And it's interesting just the way in which the way in which this happens i mean the the landowner could have very easily said okay i want to pay everybody the same i want to be generous to these people who are hired last but i don't want to cause problems so what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to pay the guys who've been working the longest first and then as they after they leave i'm going to bring in the guys that are working the, the next amount and i'm going to say hey i'm going to don't tell anybody but i want to give you guys the same amount and don't make a big deal about it. Uh, and then as they leave, he brings in the guys that were hired at noon. And he says, hey, don't tell anybody, but I'm actually paying you guys the same amount. And, you know, get all the way down to the guys that were hired at the, at the last and say, hey, I'm going to be generous. Here you go. I'm going to pay you. Even though you didn't work a full day, I'm going to pay you for a full day. Let's not make a big deal about it because I don't want people to come back tomorrow and I'm not gonna be able to hire anybody tomorrow at noon or at, at six AM because everybody knows I'm gonna pay him the same fee. You know, like let, uh this isn't this story isn't meant to, to be uh practical business sense. You know, you're not gonna go to this uh for like business solutions. That's not what Jesus is doing here. Uh he's he could but the, the landowner could have easily done that, right? He still would have been generous. To the guys who worked late. But he intentionally says, here's what I'm gonna do. Bring in the guys who are hired last. Let's bring them in first and make sure everybody's in line so everybody can see that these guys are getting paid just as much as the guys at the end. He he wants them to see this this kind of generosity, and he wants them to see and, and Jesus again is telling us the story. It's not a true story, probably as far as we know. He's not trying to say, again, like, this is how you ought to conduct your business. But he's saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Specifically, he's saying, God is generous. And he's generous to people, it would seem, like, unfairly generous in some ways. That God, God works differently and, and God, God bestows gifts on people in a way that doesn't seem equal to what they deserve. And, and yet he wants them to know this. And he wants them to understand this. And, and the question at the end, and I think this is the question for us, is uh, don't I have the right, I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? The word there in the Greek actually is, is actually it says, is your eye evil because I am generous? Like, are you looking at me with this, this would have been an expression, but are you looking at me with this evil eye? Are you, are you looking down on me because of my generosity? So, as we, as we read this story, we understand, okay, here's how they would have been hearing this story. Next thing we have to say is, okay, who is he, who specifically is he talking to and what is the context of, that Matthew is giving for when Jesus tells this parable and what's going on here. So uh, let's just look back uh one story. Uh, in my Bible, this story says, the rich in the kingdom of God. And this is a story in which there's, there's a, a young man who comes to Jesus, he's very wealthy, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, keep the commandments, here's all the things you do. And the man says, I've done all of that since I was a boy. Is there anything else? And Jesus says, one thing you lack, take, give away all your possessions to the poor and come follow me. And the man walks away sad. And then Jesus has this conversation with his disciples. Of His disciples are saying, well, if, if this rich man can't enter, enter the kingdom of heaven, who can be saved? And Jesus says this in verse 26. He says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then verse 27, this is, this is key for us to understand the parable Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. So Peter is asking this question in the context of what they've just witnessed, of this man who apparently is unable to follow Jesus. And they say, what about us? We've left everything for you, Jesus. Like, what, what is there for us? And Jesus says, yes, there, there is a reward for you. Those of you that have, have left everything to follow me, uh, there, there will be reward for you for you. And this is like got to be encouraging for the disciples, right? To hear this message, to hear this like okay, great, there's there's something in it for us. But then Jesus tells this parable. And and my understanding of this parable in this context at least is that as Jesus is saying, yeah, Peter, certainly there's there's reward for you. Look at all you've done, you've left My understanding of what Jesus is saying here is but there are going to be other people who follow me in different ways and don't give up as much, don't work as hard. And guess what? They also are going to receive uh, eternal life. They also are going to receive blessing. Not everybody has to be Peter. Not everybody has to follow in the way the disciples are called to follow. And, and that, in fact, there will still be people who come at the tail end of things who don't do much and still receive this blessing. And then, uh, if, you, if you flip over in your Bible, the very next thing after this parable, Jesus predicts his death. And this is something he's been doing regularly throughout Matthew. And immediately after that, we're told in verse 20 of chapter 20, the mother of Zebedee's sons, two of the disciples, James and John, came to Jesus with their sons, kneeling down and asked for a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked, She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we have a story in which Peter is asking, what's in it for us? And then Jesus tells this parable And almost immediately after that, James and John and their mom come to Jesus and say, Hey, when we come into the kingdom, can we be like first and second after you? And Jesus says, you don't really know what you're asking about this. Uh, You don't really understand what you're talking about. But let me tell you, it's not about position. It's not about who's first and who's second. But if you are going to come after me, I came to serve and you too must serve. And so this parable, as in this context, as we've just been talking about that, is, is a challenge to Jesus' disciples. What do you care about? What are you concerned about? Are you concerned about what you're getting out of this? And are you comparing what you're getting out of this to what other people are getting out of it? I think James and John and their mom don't really understand the parable very well. Because uh, if they did, they wouldn't be making a request. And they also don't really understand what Jesus is about to do because they also wouldn't be making that request. Uh, but, but there's this, this context that speaks to the generosity of God, but it also speaks to our own tendency to compare what we get from God with what other people are getting. Or our level of sacrifice for God with the level of sacrifice that somebody else makes. Say, okay, here's what I'm doing for God. Here's how I am living my life and serving Him and, or, or maybe uh, that I, the ways that I'm not doing that and I see how other people are doing it and I don't measure up quite in the same way or th- these people over here don't measure up in the same way that I do. And so God must care about me more, must like me more. Must, and, and the example is, no, God is seeing us equally. And we have this tendency in our lives we have this tendency uh as as Christians, we have this tendency just as as human beings, uh as we as we hear about the generosity of God and we experience the grace of God, to say, okay, that's good to a point, but but there's also a level in which maybe I'm doing a little bit more than somebody else. Or maybe I, I, I'm just not quite as good as that person over there. I haven't done quite as much. I'm kind of the, the one slinking in at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, if that. Maybe I'm showing up at 5.30, just getting... And And the parable tells us, the parable reminds us that, no, God's grace, God's generosity, God's mercy is just as much for you as it is for others. And it also reminds us that it's just as much for others... As it is for us, and we have so, so much of it. To, I mean, just this week, i have seeing in the news people talking about, okay, these pastors over here are not doing enough in this. Uh, the the how many of you have have seen the the Joel Osteen controversy, right? Most of you, right? And it's like, okay, uh, probably. Yeah, probably they should have opened the doors of their church earlier. But Christians coming along and condemning other Christians for not doing enough publicly isn't really accomplishing much for the body of Christ, is it? And then there are other Christians condemning other Christians for not doing enough here, or you're not conservative enough, or you're too conservative. And we find all kinds of ways to compare ourselves and our level of faith. And our, the ways that the Spirit is working in us with the ways that it's, that, that other people are not responding. Or the ways that other people are responding and we're not. And we find all kinds of ways to compete in our spirituality with somebody else. And this parable is inviting us to say, that's not what it's about. That's not what we're called to do as a Christian. And certainly elsewhere within Scripture, we're given instructions to, to build one another up and to challenge one another, to encourage one another, to, to spur one another on towards good works. And there's a place for that, but it's, it's meant to happen within a context of discipleship and encouragement and building up of the body. And a lot of times what happens, what happens uh, oftentimes not even publicly, just within our own hearts is this comparison that ends up tearing other people down, criticizing, comparing, and saying, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit better than that guy over there. Maybe I feel a little bit better about myself. Because I saw what this other person was doing, and I said, well, I, I mean, I'm not going to Africa, so I'm not quite as spiritual as like a Moyer or something like that. Uh, no, it's not it's not what it's about it's about what is god calling you to and how is god lavishing his grace upon you and we don't need to compare certainly within again certainly within our relationships within the people around us that we can we we can say hey you're actually falling short here but we do that in love as a way to build one another up not as a way to tear one another down and jesus is I don't know. I love the fact that that the the landowner brings the people in from back to front just to show that, hey, you're all equal here. Like, he could have done it any other way, but he says, I'm going to be generous and some people are going to get more and some people... so Everyone's going to get equal, but it's going to feel like you're getting cheated. Uh, and that feels unfair to us sometimes. Right? Some of it feels like Okay, how is it that this person, who seems like they're really kind of blowing it in their lives, is equally loved by God as this person who seems like they're really just on fire for the Lord and they're really, how is it? How can that possibly be fair? Well, it's not fair. Uh, It's not. And yet, uh, I I was reading one one commentary that says, uh, "We are fools." if we appeal to God based on justice rather than on grace. Because none of us deserve any of it. And so to say, well, I deserve more. No, you don't deserve more. You don't deserve less. Um, you don't deserve any of it. But God's grace is given equally and freely to all. And so the question, the question that is, this open question that we're left with and that, that we are left to ponder I think we are meant to see ourselves as, as, as Christians, as, as people who are here today studying God's word. And if you're not a Christian, uh, actually, if you're not a Christian, I think you're meant to see yourselves as the, as the workers who are hired last. You're meant to see yourself as someone who's showing up and, and God says, yeah, actually, you're hanging out in the marketplace at 5 o'clock and I'm still going to come and I'll hire you and, and you're invited in. And my grace is for you. Even though you haven't done anything all day, uh, this grace is for you. And if you're here today and that's you, uh, know that God is is for you now. It's not, hey, you have to do ABC and then God is for you, God loves you. But that God's love is for you today. And for those of us who have maybe been around church for maybe our whole lives, uh, we are invited to see ourselves as these people who showed up at 6 a.m. and were working all day. And how do we respond to the people around us who seem like they don't quite have it together? How do we compare ourselves to one another in our faith and in our spirituality? It's kind of an open ended question. It doesn't the, the story doesn't resolve with the with the workers saying, Oh, you're right, you could it's the story ends with this. Are you envious because I am generous? Is your eye evil because of my generosity? And this is the question that we are left with, and that the disciples were left with. Here as they're comparing, what about what's in it for us? It says, Hey, I'm gonna be generous even to the people who haven't given as much as you? And how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to be able to welcome in and celebrate with the people who got more than they deserved? Or are you going to be jealous of God's generosity? God is inviting all of us in on equal footing. There's a saying that says, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. That when we come to Christ. And the work of Christ, there, there's no one higher, there's no one less than others. And the invitation for us as we read this parable and we understand is, is to, to be reminded of that. And if you're in a place where it's like, I don't deserve to be there, the reminder is, yes, you do. Because God has done the work to invite you in. And If your thought is, oh, I deserve to be there, but this person doesn't, Then the answer is, actually, no, you don't. You don't deserve to be there. But you are welcomed in because of the work of God. And to invite us to see one another as brothers and sisters who have received the generous grace of God and to celebrate with one another and to live in this unity with one another, knowing that God is good and God is generous. Let's pray. God, as we reflect maybe on our own tendency, the, the, the thing that is within us to evaluate and compare ourselves to one another, we just ask that you remind us of this story, of this um, this parable that, that seems unfair at times and... Uh, Help us to just wonder at this picture that you've given us and to find ourselves in it. Whether we uh, see ourselves as those hired last or those hired first, may we see ourselves in it. May we accept your generosity and your grace. And may we celebrate with those around us. And through all of it, may you build us up so that we may serve you more fully. I pray this in your name. Amen. uh, The aftermath of parables, right? I told you it just kind of ends with, are you envious? What happened the next day, right? I said, like, is anybody going to show up to work at 6 a.m.? Probably not, right? (laughs) But that's not the point of the parable. Uh, The point of the parable is to invite us in and to see God's generosity, but also see the ways in which we can be envious of that generosity. And so my, again, my challenge for you this week is that, is, is may you, uh, hear this story in your lives. May you be reminded of it throughout your week. And may you be the kind of person who says, look at how generous my God is. May you carry that story with you to the people that you meet that say, hey, my God is generous even to you. And as you come across people who say, this person doesn't deserve it, may you be reminded of this story. No, my God is generous to them as well. May you not look at one another with jealousy, but may you be people who are excited to tell of your generous God.